Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and SEMA markets. It's Tuesday, March the 7th. I'm Caterina Dassier. Coming up this week, Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mavroleon will discuss the primary market. Analyst Wayne Jambawo will talk us through the waterfall model of titanium dioxide producer Venator. Reporter Declan Bush will chat about the collapse of the restructuring talks between strategy fabrics maker Lycra and its ad hoc group of bondholders. And finally, reporter Lucia Camblor will discuss the super return Private Credit Europe 2023 conference, which took place at the Hilton Bankside Hotel in London yesterday and today. I had a call earlier today with Beatrice to ask about the primary market so far this week. Here is what she said. All deals priced in the primary market last week were upsized, with pricing tightened in most cases, reflecting strong investor demand amid limited issuance. Israel-based pharmaceutical company Teva's multi-tranche bond offering was upsized to $2.49 billion from $2.06 billion. Chemicals company Ineos Quattro increased its loan amount by €100 million Euros to €850 million Euro equivalent. The deadline for metal packaging manufacturer Eviosis's 400 million euro term loan B, which was upsized from 350 million euros, was accelerated to February 27th from March 1st as a result of robust investor interest. Dividend recaps, which are back for the first time since the first half of 2022, continue to be a feature of the primary market with Eviosis and Ineos Quattro both raising financing for shareholder distributions. This week, a new influx of primary transactions came to the market. Specialty chemicals distribution company Azelis is marketing a 400 million euro note uh, due 2028 to fund bolt-on acquisitions, improve available liquidity in light of ongoing acquisitions, and also to repay 100 million euros drawn under its RCF. Investors noted that the company has listed the deal benefits from a a substantial amount of equity. The group generates cash and it has grown and delevered a lot over the last few years. However, margins are relatively low and assessing organic performance is difficult given the number of acquisitions the company has made over recent years. Advertising uh, software platform Media and Games Investors marketing a 200 million euro new bond to finance the buyback of its 2024 bonds. Nursery operator Grandier is market, marketing 125 million euro term loan B add-on to repay RCF drawings and refinance an equity bridge use for M&A. Meanwhile, petrol station forecourt operator Motor Fuel Group and beauty product packaging group Albea Beauty are marketing amend and extend deals for their term loan Bs. Lycra has been in talks for months about what to do with its 250 million euro senior notes debt during May this year. But now it seems those talks have collapsed. How reported Declan has been covering the company. Declan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Katarina. So what were the two sides proposing? 
So it seems the ad hoc group made a proposal basically asking for the keys with about 77% of the equity. Then the company made a counter proposal where it would keep control, the shareholders would keep control and offer just 44% of the equity and their notes would be swapped for new ones due in 2028. Both sides agreed the company needs another $75 million, but there was a huge gap between the two sides on the equity question. Lycra put out a cleansing statement showing no deal had been reached. Everybody panicked. The bonds crashed 12 to 15 points. And so what happens next? Uh, we've heard Lycra is heading for basically a freefall restructuring, although it could turn out differently. We're speculating here, but we could see a Chapter 11, an English scheme, creditors could try to enforce on the assets, but it sounds like this isn't going to be quick or easy. Now, Lycra has a non-guarantor subsidiary in China that makes up nearly 30% of its EBITDA and it's outside the lender's security package. So enforce in China and you could lose the biggest manufacturing facility. Then you have to wonder if it goes to court in the US or Europe, does a deal get recognized in China? So investors will also be trying to work out uh, what they will recover on the bonds, how much the company is worth. Uh, the owners never found a buyer for the company a few months ago, and it faces a lot of questions besides the debt stack. I've heard recoveries could be in the 30s, 40s, or even less. Uh, whatever happens, we'll be watching it closely. Thank you, that Glenn. Hi Wayne, thanks for joining us today. On Monday you published a waterfall model on Benator materials and what a restructuring could look like for them. Could you talk to us a bit about that? Yes, that's correct. Benator mentioned during their full year 2022 results call that the company has been unable to deliver an unqualified audit opinion, which is due by March the 31st, 2023 to the lenders of the ABL and term loan B facilities. This will result in a technical default under their agreements, which if not cured can lead to an acceleration of the debt, which in turn can result in the senior secured and unsecured notes both due in 2025 also being accelerated. As the likelihood of a restructuring seems high, we undertook a waterfall model to assess the group's liquidity position and what a restructuring could look like for Venator's capital structure. Ryog calculated that Venator's value almost breaks in the senior secured debt and unsecured creditors and shareholders are out of the money, meaning they are unlikely to have much bargaining power in a restructuring unless they put up cash. We assessed that given the group's poor cash generation, a substantial debt haircut is needed for the group to achieve a sustainable capital structure and interest coverage and turn levered free cash flow positive. We think unsecured creditors might be wiped out and the secured lien may take a moderate haircut too. If the factories in Italy and Germany close, the haircut on the secured lien to achieve a sustainable capital structure could be significant. And so how did Venator end up in this situation? I thought they had the opportunity to refinance or extend the maturities. Well, initially we thought that the group may be able to use their solid liquidity position to weather some bad quarters and then look to extend the 2024 maturity of the term loan and 2025 maturity of the secured and unsecured notes later down the road. However, during the full year results call, the group surprised the market and announced that not only did they expect a wider EBITDA loss in the first quarter of 2023, 
despite gas prices coming down. They also added that they expected to run out of liquidity by the second half of 2023. The company also mentioned that in addition to the titanium dioxide facility in Scarlino, Italy closing, that they may also have to close the Duisburg facility in Germany. And you mentioned they are running out of money. How much cash will they need? Our waterfall model forecasts that the company will have an immediate liquidity shortfall in the third quarter of 2023 and the total new money need of up to 200 million to get through 2024. And uh, Wayne, how can they raise uh, that new money? This depends on a number of factors. At the moment, we expect they will file for Chapter 11 and likely need debtor in possession financing in the interim. In terms of a longer term solution, it's difficult to say as we haven't heard anything on a restructuring proposal from any of the parties. As I said earlier, some of the out of the money lenders may wish to put up cash to improve their recovery, but we won't know more until we see any restructuring proposals. Thank you, Wayne. Reporter Lucia attended the Super Return Private Credit Europe 2023 event, the conference that took place at the Hilton Bank Side Hotel in London on March 6th and 7th. Could you tell us some of the takeaways? Thank you very much, Katarina. Yes, market participants at the Super Return Private Credit Europe 2023 discussed competition in the private credit market the impact of raising interest rates and the appeal of mid-market companies for direct lenders this year. The conference attracted 450 attendees, including over 160 limited partners or LPs and 200 general partners or GPs. Market participants at the conference discussed the pickup in net asset value-based financing or NAV financing, which is capital provided by a lender to a fund or a specific vehicle owning a diversified underlying portfolio of companies. And some panelists mentioned that conversations are being held now to secure this type of financing and that there is more appetite from GPs. Panelists said that inflation-linked disruptions have led to investors delaying their exits, which means an added need for debt fuel M&A growth. They added that recent deals have seen private equity firms selling minority stakes in businesses to avoid triggering a change of control and to keep existing debt structures. Rising interest rates has meant a growing acceptance of private credit with 2022, or last year, being an exceptional vintage during which direct lenders stepped into banks' shoes and gained yields of 12% to 15% on first lien debt. Leverage on average has decreased, however, cash and peak elements have pushed up leverage in some recent deals. The panelists concluded that the future trends in the market will include increasing amount of debt deployed, more opportunities in lending to sponsorless businesses, and more so-called parallel lending, with direct lenders clubbing together with banks. Thank you, Lucia. Join Reward this Wednesday, March the 8th at 3 p.m. GMT for the webinar Fostering Inclusive Environments to Develop Women Leaders in Credit. 
The expert panel will cover the professional challenges women encounter and the skills that have allowed them to adapt. Also on Wednesday, Reorg is delighted to be part of LMA and LSDA conference in London with a packed agenda and expert speakings, including Reorg's Robert Shack, will speak on the panel default risk and recoveries. Email marketing at reorg.com for more information. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. Thank you.